Welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real-life rescues on the fire ground to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today, Grant Schwalbe, and with me I got Bill Kennedy. He's a captain on an engine in Richton Park uh, Fire Department. It's about 30 miles south of Chicago. And uh, today we're going to talk about a Christmas grab that they had, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. They, they ran into some issues with, uh, with the victim removal and, and some stuff they were able to overcome. So welcome, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your department? Sure. Um, Richmond Park is approximately, as you said, about 30 miles south of Chicago. Uh, on average, we run between 27 and 2,800 calls a year, uh, most of which are EMS runs. Probably 80, 85% are EMS runs. Uh, we typically have five on per shift, and we run two ambulances, two engines, and a truck out of our house. Um, the, uh, I've, been, I've been with this department 20 plus years. Um, I've only been a captain a little over a year now, uh, 10 years as a lieutenant with the department, and, but I've been in the fire service for 36 years total. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you said you got auto aid. Can you tell us what you guys get on a first alarm or still or whatever, whatever you guys sure, on, the, on the still alarm for a structure fire, uh, we get an engine. We get, let's see, we get two additional engines, two trucks, and a, an ambulance on my initial still alarm. Uh, when I made it a working fire, when I knew it was a confirmed fire, I then get change of quarters companies with an engine and an ambulance to man my station. I get a safety officer and I get a district chief. Who's doing the searches typically on your fires and what's the search culture like? Are you guys doing oriented split search, VES, all of the uh, above? Yeah, all of the above. Uh, this was a VES. Um, this was definitely VES. You know, it's basically the first arriving engine, like every other department that I know, life comes before property. So we, we were going for life. And then uh, my next in engine was going to be fire attack. The line was to the door for them. All they had to do was grab it and come in and, with their manpower. What, what's your delay like, um, or the stagger as units arrive? How long? Uh, less than two minutes for the next in engine. So it's virtually simultaneous by the time anybody's actually getting, getting stuff started for our listeners. We're all dispatched at the same time. It's one, uh, one series of tones for all the departments. And I think the farthest department coming in is maybe six minutes away. Cool. And then talk to us about rig staffing in your area as well before we uh, jump into. Yeah, typically um, the first arriving engine that came in, they were staffed with three. Um, the first in truck had a staffing of four. Um, the next in truck was staffed with three. Um, and then the uh, last engine in had a staffing of three. And then an ambulance with two paramedics. Nice. So we're all set up. This is Christmas Day 2020, not too long ago. Tell us about this call. Why don't you set it up for us? So uh, early afternoon, um, kind of a cold, clear Christmas day, just a, a very routine day, nothing special. We, uh, the tones dropped for report of a structure fire. 
we started uh, we started our in route uh, while in route we were advised by dispatch that officers first arriving police officers on the scene were advising there was heavy smoke showing from the rear of the structure of the Charlie side and uh, upon our arrival our, our arrival time was less than two minutes from time of tones until on scene uh, once we were once I got on scene or we got on scene uh, made contact with the police who had already performed basically a, a 360 for me and told me that they had fire in the back uh, and they had heavy smoke and they had a elderly bedridden um, person in that lower level they did not know exactly where they just knew it was in the rear back in that on the charlie side um, i radioed back to our dispatch to notify them that we did have a rescue that i needed my next do engine to begin fire attack and to give me some of their crew to assist in the rescue anticipating it was going to be uh, an elderly what i believed was a you know probably a, a bedridden um you know feeble type of person uh i was able to make entry in through that that charlie window when i got in i found another person in there uh, the daughter of the bedridden woman uh, who did not want to leave her mother. Uh, once we convinced her she needed to get out um, and she was having problems with breathing, we assisted getting her through the window. Um, she was a, a large woman, a little hard for her to get up, fortunately, and it just worked out well. And it's one of those good things. There was a heavy like a, a nightstand right underneath the window so we were able to get her up onto that and then with the assistance of others outside the window they were able to help pull her through that window when i went back to grab um her mother uh, i realized she was much too large for me to even attempt to bring off the bed so i came back out i got my next in truck company uh, fire attack had started my my next in truck uh, I asked them to grab a Stokes basket and their staffing of four and to assist with uh, victim removal so they went back in at that point I was command um, waiting on a, on a chief officer to arrive which was probably two three minutes after that uh, we transferred command and then I became operations on the call. Can you talk to us a little bit about what smoke conditions were like um, when you entered and you said you'd uh, close the doors? Did you have some relief of smoke? Yeah, that helped, that helped a lot. Yeah, that helped a lot because the fire, the fire room itself was just beyond a set of double doors that led into this and I'll say a makeshift bedroom that they had they they took part of the the lower level of this structure of this residence they made it into like a bedroom almost like a hospital bed for and had a hospital bed for this woman 
the fire was in the utility room just outside of this room. So when I got in, I realized I had two people in there instead of one. Uh, and the smoke conditions, the smoke was starting to bank down on me. Um, I went over, I closed the doors, which obviously helped, able to get the first woman out. And then I had to come out to be able to get and guide efforts to get the people in there. But by closing that door, it absolutely helped. Talk to us a little bit about trying to get the daughter out. Because I imagine if my mom was in the room, number one, I wouldn't want to go. But then you also have the hypoxia going. So I might be a little bit uh, combative. Talk to us about that and how you ended up getting her out. Well, it was uh, um, at first she said she was not going to leave. And then it was, I'm going to leave when I feel like I'm. it's time. Uh, we convinced her rather sternly that it was time for her to leave so we could assist and get her mother out. Uh, I think she accepted that. She must have, because she did, you know, with with our assistance, we got her out of that, um, out of there. She was not happy with us, but I think she was happier once mom came out, mom was okay, um, and we were able to salvage some of their Christmas dinner. So I think she was a little happier with that. So um, you had mentioned to me on pre-show that uh, you you came to the to the to the bedridden victim, and can what approximate size was she? Because you had mentioned Hoyer lift, and for anybody that's been in the service, the Hoyer lift's like, you know, that's a sign, right? It's, uh, if, if I had to guess, I'm going to say 400 plus. All right. So immediately, then you recognize, hey, we probably can't do this, and uh, right. you know, even if she was wearing a nightgown, that's not going to hold 400 pounds. No. Um, I like that call on the uh, the Stokes basket. Um, any problem getting her into there? How did you guys get her from the bed to the Stokes? Uh, there was about six people involved in the rescue itself. Uh, they based, they were able to, the, the way the bed was uh, positioned, it was in kind of a sitting, sitting position, but they were still able to get the Stokes basket underneath her, kind of roll her, get her into the Stokes basket, and then um, manpower. The police, our police department, did an outstanding job of assisting us. Um, they they were outside, uh, in addition to the rest of my still companies that were coming in. I put people in the back just to assist with getting the, the victim out of there. We had our uh, auto aid ambulance standing by. Um, and as soon as they were able to, they were able to get the Stokes basket loaded onto, the, onto their cot. Um, put her on high flow oxygen and got her to the ambulance and transported her to the nearest hospital. Nice. And you said this ended up being a successful outcome? Yes. Very successful. Very successful. Very cool. What about time? So I, I know you'd mentioned you guys have uh, less than two minutes from dispatch to arrival. How long right. then do you think from arrival to patients in the ambulance? Uh, that we were actually, we were reviewing body cam from the police and we timed it and it appears from our initial on scene until she was removed uh, about eight minutes so longer than i would have hoped but um but the outcome was still just as good and, and it's still shorter than how long it took you to explain everything which is Correct. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you guys get done with this grab. Uh, I'm sure you talk about it. What after that? 
what are you working with your crew different on? What are you, what, what things did it reinforce? How do you simulate this in a drill? Talk to us about post incident now. Sure. So post incident, uh, obviously we talked a lot about it. We did a pretty thorough wash down of it. What was good, what was bad. Um, we walked away with this one going, this one was pretty good. We had a fire a little earlier in the month of an apartment building with 30 units and we completely lost that one. Um, so we, we've been talking about that, what we should have done differently with that when we went into the fifth alarm on that. Then we, we got this one, we were able to successfully remove two people, um, you know, and, and uh, challenges um, to say the least with their sizes, uh, both of them were a challenge. Uh, but we came back and we talked about it and said, really, everything worked out very well. Um, our auto aid did an outstanding job. I think radio communications, and we're trying to get the tape on radio communications right now from our dispatch center, uh, just to see. But based on what we saw on the police body cam uh, and just how everything was, was moving, especially with the police, Excellent outcome, excellent coordination between everybody. Um, and the auto aid, we work a lot together. Our auto aids work a lot together. Not only do they come to us, we go to them and we, everybody knows everybody. So, and we also train together. Um, mostly in the spring and the summer, we do do um, vent enter searches, large area searches. Uh, and we, we deal with what, what's in our district. Very nice. Well, Bill, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, appreciate you sharing the story. Uh, we just want to make everybody know that uh, not every grab is like a superhero type thing. And what we really yep. need to do is just not be afraid to get in and occupy space. And we're problem solvers. We'll get them out. Uh, so right. we just want people to to go in and, and do what they've got to do. Um, we ask you that uh, if you make a grab or, or assist, alive or deceased, please go to www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. Take that short survey. This information is for us by us and updated real time. If you want to share your story on the podcast, reach out to me, Grant Schwalbe, uh, Nick Ledeen, or Justin McWilliams. And until next time, we appreciate you listening.